0: To Forever canon. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about keeping an eye on the mics and the end of the galaxy as we know it apocalypse. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. End of the galaxy as we know it in many meta senses. Because, like, this is the last big storytelling journey. We're three seconds into the podcast. I'm touching the microphone right away. Uh-huh. So stupid. But seriously, like the end of the galaxy after this, there's one, two, three kind of standalone novels, and then that's it. Yeah. This is the end of the timeline. All stories stop shortly after this. Mm -hmm. And then pick up like a hundred years later in the legacy era. I think I said 40 years before. I think it's like a hundred.
1: It's a lot. It's
0: it's far in the distance. Mm.
1: Anyways, we're not here to talk about that
0: today. Today, we're here to talk about Fate of the Jedi... Book nine, apocalypse, from front to back, cause we done finished another <laughs> one, didn't we?
1: Yes, we did. Just a
0: few short days after our three year pot anniversary, <laughs> it's been a long time of reading Star Wars books. Do you read anything else?
1: No, not really. It's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wrapped up the Wheel of Time books, and like, I bought A Laundress by Brandon Sanderson because I liked what he did with the end of the Wheel of Time books. I like listening to him uh, talk about writing. So I was like, let me check out this guy's book. I committed to reading it by buying a hardcover. I haven't opened it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I read the prologue and the prologue is the back. And I was like, "Ah, I already read this (laughs) (laughs) chapter one, but I haven't picked it up because it's been three years nonstop of reading Star Wars books. Uh, Not every day, but once a week, maybe two days a week. And with, all, with chapters, everything so that's going things.
1: on, whether it be right video games, kids, lives, wives, whatever.
0: Oh man, there's so many cool things to watch on TV. Yep, <laughs> especially now that I'm into Grey's Anatomy. Oh god! But three years of reading Star Wars books, and here, just in a in a nice sort of symmetrical, timely fashion, we've finished our second series, three years in. And this series ends this timeline. Yeah. And after, you know, we'll, next week we'll talk about the whole series. We'll mm-hmm. do the full Fate of the Jedi review books, one through nine. And then we're going back in
1: time. <laughs> like 25 years or whatever. We can't is.
0: get enough of these characters, <laughs> Tim. We're not going to any other era. We're going 20 years back in time to read 19 books for three more years. <laughs> 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 so we'll catch you guys at the next three-year anniversary where we wrap up. oh my god
1: the new jedi order and and some because then we're probably going to do killix after that so and about which means staying in here yeah those i
0: think are long books chapter wise
1: and page wise and about four ish years yeah i would say i wouldn't be surprised four and a half we'll we'll move on to different characters
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe you know what we should do too probably is like we should read those comics real quick yeah wrap up this whole end of the timeline be done talking about skywalkers and then we'll go all the way to the beginning of the the you know the timeline era order in the book uh the front parts of the book right but for now we're getting quite ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. let's talk about apocalypse And let's start as we do with every book review dog clicky clacking across the floor you want to come lay down or something there hot shot yeah. let's start with the galactic overview Move my book. Yeah, he's coming up on the couch. Good luck. Microphone's still running. Okay. There you go. <laughs> the Galactic overview. The Sith have taken Coruscant, usurping positions of power throughout the galactic government. The Jedi are returning to Coruscant on force, determined to uproot the Sith from the galactic center after having failed to track Abeloth across the galaxy's fringes. Unbeknownst, to Luke Skywalker and his 100 Jedi, Abeloth has taken their home, the Jedi Temple, as her throne, a trap laid to capture the Skywalkers themselves. Meanwhile, in the Empire, Jagged Fell is failing to overcome Dalla's moon armor hiding spot as she continues to gather military and political might. Reynar Thull heads up the research team and heads to the Killicks to learn more about Abeloth, joins Thurit in exchange for... For information about Ones, Celestials, Fathers, Daughters, and Sons. At the Temple, the Jedi are ambushed and forced into a recovery time jump. While Ben and Vistar are being whisked away to the Maw, inside ship, as the central figures in Abaloth's plan to make a new family of Force Volcano Tentacle Gods. The Galactic Chaos Crisis is averted when Abeloth is defeated on three fronts by three joint forces. Luke and a one Sith ghost martial arts battle her beyond shadows. Ben and Vistara force power battle her at the font of power, while Saba bites her head from her body at the Jedi Temple. With the chaos creature subdued for the foreseeable future, Luke Skywalker and the Jedi Order leave the volcanic ruins of Coruscant behind them for a nomadic life. Vistara... Leaves with Ship to escape into the future from Ben and her past. And the Solo family leave us all with a fanfare of celebration for wedding ceremony and, more importantly, survival. Yeah. Did I get it all in there, Tim?
1: Seems like a fairly succinct uh,
0: overview. That's what happened in this book. At the beginning of the book, all the bad guys are running Coruscant. The good guys don't know the super bad guys there. They come back. It goes really bad for them. And then they overcome the, all the odds and they win everything. But, ooh, nothing's done forever, right? Mm-hmm. They're still Sith. Abeloth will come back sometime in the future.
1: There's a, a massive volcano to clean up on Coruscant. Uh, the uh, the force is out of balance. Vitor
0: Ridge gonna... is the new emperor, if I, if, I, if I had a state of the empire. <laughs> yep. The galaxy is a chaotic mess. Or at least Coruscant, right? Yeah. You know, we never really caught back up with like how the freedom of slavery was going across the galaxy. No. Never picked back up on freedom flight there, did we?
1: No, and we actually stayed in this whole series in a pretty... After like we hopped from planet to planet with Other the Other than Luke stuff. and Ben... And most of but, the actions centered around Coruscant. Yeah. So much different from the last series where Kashyyyk had a moment. Corellia well, had moments. It was moments. like a
0: real civil, galactic civil war yeah. where like, look, there's theaters of war all across the galaxy. Like we had to go to Corellia. We had to go to, you already said Kashyyyk. Where other places did we go to? <laughs> uh, the, oh,
1: shipyards and all somewhere, over the place. Somewhere four Duro, So I'm sure we were there.
0: <laughs> Jesus, I can't remember now. But, yeah, this entire series, and this book specifically, I mean, it's all Coruscant. We come back to Coruscant with the Jedi. This is where all the bad guys are. Mm -hmm. We got to fight them here forever. And then at the end of the book, we got two people kidnapped off of Coruscant out to the Maw. One person has to go into the dream. It's mostly all on Coruscant, Mm -hmm. the entire book. And what a mess we leave it in. And we don't really address how we're going to pick all that mess up, right? No. That's for future books. That's for the Jaina Solo trilogy. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Let's talk about our characters. Our main characters like we always do. And what did they do in this book? Starting with Han and Leia Solo featuring Alana Jo Solo. Hmm. Parenting mission complete. They don't, They don't have to be her parent anymore. Yeah, they get to be her grandparents like they're supposed to be
1: Yeah, foster parents for a bit there
0: Everybody gets to live in honesty for a little while until the next crisis rears its head in the Jaina solo trilogy or whatever, right? But for now Everybody gets to know her name. We'll get there. Okay first. Where did we start off with this book? Well in the last book we left them in the Coruscant Undercity (laughs) So naturally when we start this book we join them across the galaxy, <laughs> rescuing Jedi students at Ossus, half a galaxy away from the Coruscant Undercity, and then they fly directly to the Coruscant Undercity where we left them last book. Yeah, and Just like one of them disconnects, man. I I okay, so I had to write this in segments, right? Diablo II yeah. re- Resurrected came out earlier last week yeah like three i can't i can't do the podcast okay i can't write it i can't commit any time to it all i gotta do is cast blizzard but i wrote this whole front page of this galactic overview and i was like i gotta take a break i wrote these first two sentences of han and leia solo this is where we left them this is where they went this is where they came back to three sentences i was like i'm annoyed i gotta I, i gotta go i gotta go run the countess or something oh my god it, just the way that these books are disconnected a little bit. Yeah. That's just a shining example of it. And you know what, man? We'll talk about that next week. But even even still, like I'm done. <laughs> I'm done harping on it. The books were good. The series is over. It just didn't quite live up to its own potential. Because I think because a guy had a heart attack.
1: Yeah. Mm. Life. What are you supposed
0: to do? <laughs> what, are you, what are you supposed to do about that? Anyways... We leave him in Coruscant, we go to Asus, we come back to Coruscant just in time. They fly directly into the Undercity mm-hmm. to bear witness to Vistara working with the Sith again. We'll get to that later. She betrays the Jedi Order and throws a grenade at the Millennium Falcon. and uh,
1: Like melts half the cockpit or we something. We get to
0: watch Basil Worf die a hero, protecting Alana, his BFF.
1: Magnificently did he die. Absolutely. It was great. Uh, other than the death of course.
0: PS. Speaking of protecting Alana, really thought the whole white throne thing and like her identity would be more central to the ending of the series. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> and maybe that's a red herring, that's fine. But it really seemed like it was going to matter and like the threat of anyone finding out all the time, the the biggest threat would be Abaloth finding out. Mhm. Right? But then that never came up. The Sith knew it. The Sith were working with her. It kind of never came up. She never took an interest in the kid. I'm sure she's seen the, the pool of knowledge. Yo, yeah. Right? So, just never never came up again.
1: Yeah, it was such we're, a driving force in the middle of, of it just going, Hey, this is, this is the Sith they're looking for. Even at the beginning the of the bit. series, man. Yeah.
0: like we have We have this kid with a secret identity. All the way back to the very beginning, and we assign her this babysitter, Basil Ward. Mm-hmm. Babysitter bodyguard, right? And, you know, she ch- she changes teams of bodyguards throughout the series, but come back around full circle to the end. He has to give his life to save her, but it never really comes prominent again. Yeah. I really thought it would. Yep, yeah, me too. Like, oh, Abeloth finds out and mentions it, even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? We'll get to that too. Anyways, it wasn't there. I was surprised. (laughs) I really thought the whole white throne position would be around the ending. And like, spoken of. But anyways, down in the quote, typical Undercity, which I hated. Bearables come and rescue the Solo family from the basement until Jag can come and rescue them from the upper levels. And that's like the whole bit of narrative that we get around them. Yeah, is they get attacked at the beginning, and then they're fighting people off when they escape. Yeah, they and got
1: they... action sequences spread out because that's really they don't have a lot of narrative. Narrative they have a couple of heartfelt things. Yeah, they but... have, have
0: a total background role the mm-hmm. whole series and like this book too, and in the and in the ending, like that's fine. Yeah, but we were it was weird to just go from like. It seemed like uh, everything around Alana got cut out she's been dreaming about this bearable thing since the beginning of the book Mm -hmm. visions about baby bearables that I have to save. And then she gets in the basement and she tells the bearables. And then the next time we see them, they're leaving the temple with all the babies threat resolved. Yeah. (laughs) Like off screen,
1: right? I don't know. Editing. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to tell background stuff.
0: Why is But why, why did everything that was important about her for nine books just not come up at the end of the series? It does. It's definitely these weird. criticisms are written down. It's just occurring to me as a reading. as
1: as usually happens. You have like two oh, pages of written stuff, and God. we talked like six pages worth of stuff. Every everything. <laughs> yeah, for real.
0: It's fine. It, it's it's not it's not fine that it doesn't come up, but it's fine that they're all in a background role for the ending. They don't. It's cool. This story isn't about them, mm-hmm. but she was a driving force, like that threat of her identity being discovered hanging over us the entire time. And then the Sith find it out. And it never really comes up again. But that's not my point. By the end of this book, Alana's true identity is purposely self-revealed. Secret's out. We don't Mm -hmm. have to protect the secret anymore. I don't know why. But I guess it's just, you know, everybody knows it. And we know everybody knows it. So they say, let's say it ourselves and get out ahead of
1: it. Yeah, if... If there's a secret and other people are going to say, you might as well do it first so you have control kind of deal. Yeah. That's what Han says.
0: Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> if I taught you two things in life, it would be pretend like you know what you're doing and like be nice or something, I think. Yeah. Was, um... <laughs> Speaking of being nice, uh, what did Leia do in this book? Cool. She cut <laughs> off like a, like a bunch of heads. Yeah, And then uh, and then she ha- has a little giggle time with her daughter before the big wedding at the end. And like she has some nice conversational moments. But with I'm just thinking of this now <laughs> with the bearables being such a big deal. And Saba was her master and Saba gets a kill. Yeah. Leia could have been around for that. She could have been standing by. She could have been in the Tahiri slot. Where Mm -hmm. where even Tahiri stands there and does nothing. (laughs) You know, the more I talk about this book, the more questions I have. That's what Leia does in this book. Han Solo, on the other hand, saves everybody from grenades. He does some real good flying through the fog and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then
1: he runs a bunch.
0: He's taught Alana everything he knows. And so at the end of the book, he gets dragged down the aisle by his daughter.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take him long to teach you everything he knows. Two sentences. Like I don't know much. <laughs> and that's not a judgment. That's just the way it is. Yeah, is. He's got a very specific code to live by, and that's what he does. Now, more
0: importantly, not to be ignored, the I'd say I would say the the uh the main thing they did in this book stayed alive. Yeah. They survived. They're 80, 70, 60 years old. I think 80 and 60. Because so I think Han Solo is like 30. And the other kids were like... Yeah, they're like 18, 18 and or so. Yeah. Wait, they have to be the same age, so twins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they survived. Out of all of our main characters, we lost... We said this last time. Who? Mm-hmm. Kent Hamner. Nalani Din. you see these aren't main characters? Yeah. you see what's happening?
1: And Basil Wharf.
0: No, again, yeah.
1: No main character is actually. All of
0: the old people survived. Mm hmm. When would the plan ever be to transition away from them being alive? If we look at the movie sequels, what are they called? The Force Awakens and, and so on. Mm hmm. They did them dirty. <laughs> I mean, okay, to be fair, Carrie Fisher died in real life. So, yeah. So they're like, let's have her send off a death in the movie fine (laughs) but like they killed luke they killed leia they killed han and none of them were satisfying yeah so how do you how do you do that can you is that why it never happens yeah (laughs) it's impossible like they're like they're like the original trio of hogwarts how do you kill them and a satisfying way.
1: Yeah, and I, I think because they're... That's why um, Mara Jade paid the price in the last series. Yeah.
0: She was the one that we made up in this universe that we love the most mm-hmm. and is the most central to all these characters, so we can kill her ass. Yeah. She is not one of the holy triumvirate from the original trilogy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think the only way to, to get them out of the story in a satisfying way would be to have them, like, pass the torch kind of deal and then just kind of Retire as off. teachers? Yeah, that's the only real way. You couldn't just hey, yeah. bloody murder. No, yeah. it didn't work in the movies. Oh. It wouldn't work.
0: <laughs> I won't say that Han Solo scene didn't make me cry and sh- uh, shocked when I saw it. The it's first terrible. Moment. Except I knew it was coming. It was so obvious. Yeah. Hey, you're doing what? You're having a f- fun and uh, fun. <laughs> Father son face off over a pit. <laughs> Someone's dying. <laughs> We're not both walking out of here, are we?
1: <laughs> and I don't think.
0: Our new bad guy is gonna bite the dust <laughs> over the eighty-year-old dude who, in real life, doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, he doesn't want to be Han Solo. Anyways, what was your favorite moment of Han, Leia, and Alana Solo from just this book?
1: Well, I've I've said it at the end of every book. Alana makes a big step in every single one of these books, yeah. and this one, it was for me, it was when. War Basil warf was dying. She's like, I need to see this. Yeah. And so I can to see respect this, the death and the sacrifice. sacrifice. Oh, <laughs> you got there right before I <laughs> Like that's my scene for for yeah. those three.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now let's put that in the context of being nine. That's called trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. And the fact that she thinks like that is called conditioned trauma yeah
1: yeah it's not all bad it's all bad if these are real people
0: Uh but yeah she's a cool little nine-year-old badass with magic Mm -hmm. so you know (laughs) she's allowed to take on more negativity because she has more positivity
1: and her her control of things her assertion of her ideas i guess
0: that's why we didn't need to follow her through the basement after she teamed up with the bearables because they were like all right kid you're in charge and then it was over (laughs) is (laughs) this kid rocks yeah (laughs) my favorite part was maybe uh, i forgot about like the cool fog piloting in the beginning where they're like running with the jedi they're getting chased by the sith they just lift off and like it's all just last minute um heist escape uh getaway driver type of thing Mm -hmm. that's fun but like i just like alana's name being out there i like that she doesn't have to
1: pretend to be it's all, that was so weird she gets to spend time with her it, mom it was so
0: very like 1930s like <laughs> your mom's 16 <laughs> so actually that's your sister <laughs> and we're not your grandparents we're your parents like that's mm-hmm. some eric clapton trauma level weirdness her father was murdered can never see your mom anyways you're right alana's the best Yeah. Of those three characters, absolutely. Let's move on to another character. Our second, and our recap, Jaina Solo. Why doesn't she get grouped in with her family? I don't know. She appears about just as much. (laughs) Jaina Solo, the solemnly sworn sword of the Jagfell Order. All right. All right. Getting a little carried away last night, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She... Leads us back to Coruscant in chapter one. Mm-hmm. It's her perspective that we open up on. Leading the Jedi back to Coruscant to kick them Sith out of there. <laughs> she leads us to war in chapter nine. After we've infiltrated the planet and we go to the temple. Into the temple. Into a horrible ambush. It's Luke's plan. But Jaina the Reader leads. no. Nope what Jaina leads us the reader (laughs) like she's not leading the Jedi right it's Luke's plan it's his it's his strike force yeah (laughs) but Jaina the reader leads us the reader into the action and it's kind of the most she's done all series yeah I'm not joking people who are just tuning in for the first time when I say this super powerful woman spent more scenes sitting on her boyfriend's lap Then she did protagonist attacking any problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When she wasn't, when she wasn't (laughs) just sitting there, she was just along for the ride. She'd show up here and there and say a couple things. Hop in at Nam Nam
0: and then I'm your escort. And she does the escort thing here again at the end. Yep. But yeah. Underutilized. After being underutilized in the last series until the last third. Hmm. Eh. chapter 9 she leads us into the ambush it's not her fault right it's Luke's plan and when that goes wrong in the temple it's Jaina who convinces Ben to be logical and stick with the plan versus chasing captured Vistara foreshadowing right she's the one that convinces Ben she's not the right goal yeah she's not the prize to
1: be having you're, it's it's, a, it's uh, a very noble noble way to go but
0: yeah no we gotta stick to the plan we're gonna get us killed and that means everybody dies on this planet and the galaxy right because the stakes are as high as they can be yeah it's a magic monster that we don't understand from ancient times who's blowing up this planet with volcanoes and if she can do that here well obviously she can do that anywhere and the more power she gathers here by doing that here the more unstoppable she becomes so you can't go chase your girlfriend. We have to stick to the plan and get to the computer core and whatever. And none of that works. She ends up in the bowels of the temple mm-hmm. with master Skywalker and master horn. And they have a new goal. Cause the computer core thing didn't work out. Let's turn off that one shield. Yeah. And the three of them, well not the three of them, the two of them, Jane and Luke have a little battle with Abeloth. Not a clean win. But they get her because she gets exploded by Boba Fett on the opposite side of the galaxy simultaneously. Yeah. Which is, again, a bit of a foreshadowing for how we're going to end
1: this thing, right? mm mm-hmm. Like a time sink. Yeah. We're going to
0: press all of our buttons at the same time, a Power Ranger up, and whatever.
1: Yeah, show that. And it shows that things are happening at the same time across the galaxy rather than, it, like, right. how it normally shows it, how it's like a timeline. Yeah. kind of yeah, feels. Yeah, you're right. It's,
0: it's not linear. Mm-hmm. It's overlapping more so, which yeah. is fun. Yeah, uh, as like a, a narrative, good job. Check the mics, good job. <laughs> as like a narrative structure, it's it's more fun to tell things, um, uh, not sequential, like non concurrently? concurrently compared to sequentially. Yeah. yeah, it's more interesting that way, and we use it here, and it's cool. It's a an excellent masters only battle, but like I said, not a clean win. As we go from she explodes. And then uh, uh, Abeloth explodes and jumps down cowbungo down the hole mm-hmm. to time jump, recovery time jump. <laughs> Everyone's in back to tanks. We wake up in back to tanks. A la episode five. Mm-hmm. You've you've just been mauled by a wampa. So you've been mauled by a wampa. <laughs> so you've woken up in a back to tank in the middle of a war because it's been days and like all the top people are out. Yeah. So what have the Sith been doing? Running rampant through Coruscant.
1: Yeah, they're the Death rest of the rest of Jedi are just trying to hold on until the strong ones come back to life. But they were
0: totally ready to die. Yeah, before the time jump, battling Abloth, they're absolutely ready to sacrifice themselves to beat the evil badness. But never mind that. We wake up in the back of the tank where Jaina gets a very late series, very late book. Hive mind prophecy dream with the rest of the masters that it's all going to come down to Ben and Vistara for the fate of the galaxy. No big deal. The brother versus the sister, right? Mm hmm. Metaphorically speaking. Jane awakes to attend the 30 page council meeting, then flies the best ship ever to face down Capital S ship with Luke tripping in the back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she hears his death scream. And then she goes and lands to save Ben from more betrayal. And she helps to set up the cool new disappearing villain. And we cut to Jaina in the white dress getting the happy ending. Heading into her planned solo trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's what she did in this book. She, she, she taxied Luke Skywalker
1: around. She had a standoff with ship that wasn't even that exciting. No, they didn't. There's... Was flying at each other shooting uh, there wasn't a whole lot of description to it, it that because like, it was Luke's stuff going on
0: yeah there was more going on but that was a cool showdown to come back to again yeah because it's I think the second time that she's faced ship down I think once was maybe in the earlier series yeah but the uh, second time in this series for sure where he got away from her last time right he flew away with Abeloth as goo <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, this time He flies away because Avaloth is destroyed, and he's free. Meow. And she's like, great. No problem.
1: That's not going to be an issue.
0: She hears Luke scream. She's like, I know death when I hear it. Right? But then we just skip (laughs) to her wedding at the end of the book, which is fine. The bad guy's beaten. I guess we don't need to dwell too much more on everything else. But she's there at the end setting up the new villain. And she's the one after these books supposed to get a new trilogy. Yep. And so I would bet through that trilogy, Ben and Vistara are the second story. Yeah. Or she comes back as a villain and they play whatever role. Right. But let's talk about that trilogy for a second. All right. What do you think would happen in those books? Like what, what are the threats? What are the hanging threads that still threaten us right now? The Sith
1: Yeah the Sith Abeloth will be back sometime But that shouldn't be Till like thousands of years In the future And mm-hmm. both Sith Cause the Yeah Cause the, the one tribe. Sith Are still there And the Lost Tribe Aren't completely gone
0: And the, we know the one Sith Are getting more active
1: Yeah They got yeah. plans And nobody yeah. knows What they are
0: Nobody knows The plans on Corban <laughs> <laughs> I like that That was pretty good right Yeah but so there's that. That's that's some things to build the trilogy around. But then I was thinking specifically about Jaina and Jag. The Killicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, a Jedi just went and joined a Killick nest again. Yeah. And Luke just casually goes, yeah, go get him back.
1: Yeah, because that's not going to be See good. See a
0: next trilogy. See a next story. Yeah. The Empire that Jag just abandoned. He got the right guy in power, though. Dala. Dalla?
1: Never going to go away. Where
0: is she gone to? We don't really check back in on that. She teams up with Abeloth to take over the empire. And then like, that's it.
1: She goes back to hiding in the She's gone. Like she did She's gone
0: back to gather resources to come back again. Another time. How about this one? The Chiss. Yeah. Yeah. How about the Chiss who have disowned Jagged fell who had a war with the Killicks when a Jedi joined them. How about the Chiss? As a comeback, here's Dougie. As a comeback villain for the Jaina Solo Jagged Fell trilogy, I got goosebumps
1: actually. Yeah, because that's awesome. It it would be like it like how, be how Sith, this series is Chiss. Yeah,
0: Killix, Jedi. It would be very similar flavors to maybe the Dark Nest, mm-hmm. if you involve the Killix. or similar fa- flavors to original Thrawn stuff. Yep. where it's where it's Chiss. Empire because uh if we look forward to the the legacy comics a hundred years later mm-hmm. it's the Empire exists run by a chiss fell descendant of jagged fell, the Sith rule the galaxy, the Jedi are disbanded and in hiding, and so like maybe this trilogy sets some of those wheels more in motion right yeah maybe the one sith with darth crate who just gets in, in, introduced in this book right yeah what a cool trilogy that would have been though alana ben and Vistara, jaina jag chiss jedi Ep- imperials like a lot of good stuff there there's yeah, a
1: lot of so many options of- as to what you could choose or It'd just be chaos and everything would be going on all it, at once. It is chaos. And yeah. so
0: where does that trilogy end? It has to end in a more stable place, right? hmm <laughs> Anyways, we're never going to get them. Maybe we should write them. But in this book, Master Jaina Solo is married and happy. And I cry. hmm What was your favorite moment of Jaina Solo?
1: That end scene, she's had so much, even though she's been secondary, Kind of in the last yeah. two, in the last two series, <laughs> in, in every series she's been in, bro. Um, she she gets the she's had the so much books. trouble, mm-hmm. so much conflict and sadness that she gets that scene where she's excited to have her happiness. She drags her Han down the aisle because she's happy to head towards her future. Finally, love it.
0: Finally, without any interference. Yeah. Because if you think about Jaina. None of her failings are professional. None of her failures are, uh, like on a level of bad guys, uh, enemies. None mm. of her failures come against any threats. Yeah, her skills. all of her failures skills. are personal. Yep. For a long time, she failed to have friends or boyfriends or a personal relationship. She failed to protect and save her brother. You know, she fa- she fails in her personal life. Yeah. And that makes this even more of a triumphant success at the end of this series where Mm -hmm. she runs down the aisle to go get married to Jagged fell because she finally picked one. Yeah. And she picked the right one. It never (laughs) should have been Zach. Zach was too possessive. Yeah. Zach thought he owned her and Jagged fell thought maybe someday we can love each other. Yeah. But certainly not while you're training to kill, your brother with Mandalorians, and I'll see you next series.
1: Yeah. Jaina, <laughs> he, he knew that Jaina was going to do her own thing yep. regardless of what anyone else and wanted. And so
0: he let her become her own person as he became his, and then they came together in holy matrimony. Yeah. The solemnly sworn sword of the Jedi. Jedi fell order. <laughs> Let's move on to, wait, I didn't say. My favorite moment was... Probably in the ambush in the temple. Because reading back through the notes, I forgot that she, like, got shot in the chest. Yeah. She gets, like, electrocuted. She gets her ass kicked. Yeah, she She loses use of an arm. Beaten almost to the point of death,
1: right? Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) She almost pulls an Anakin, and she, like, she draws so much force into herself, she, like, passes out. She almost explodes. Yep. Super Saiyan. Yep. Yeah.
0: She had some good moments, but... Man, it, doesn't it sound like if you listen to us complain for the last three years, like a Jaina Solo trilogy would have been exactly what the hell I wanted next? <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> you, she's been so secondary this whole time. that, But we've still... We complained she's about been it. at the top she's of our so favorite character cool list.
0: Yeah, That she needs to be here more. And then what was the next plan? We're going to cash in on that. Because we've killed everyone else. <laughs> Let's move on. Our third character, Abeloth, our triple dead, triple threat. Wish me luck. Mm -hmm. She feeds on the fear of Coruscant while she's running the Galactic Alliance. She's working with the Sith to use the force through the news on television, to brainwash the people into hating the Jedi, and to being fearful, and to being angry, all these negative emotions that she can feed off in the dark side and become more powerful. She joins forces with Dalla to do assumedly the same thing in the Empire. She has like three more forms out there at once. Killicks go bonkers when they find out she's free, because she's Chaos Destructor. Eh. What do we what do we what do we learn about her? Besides she once stole a mystical family. How did she do that? Why did she do that? Where did she come from? What's a celestial? What is this monster? What is a one? What did she want? In the early books in the series, all she said was she wanted to make Luke Skywalker hurt or pay. It seemed personal and revengeance. Maybe that was just because of some personalities she had inside of her, but Callista seemed to like Luke. So originally her goal was I'm going to make Luke Skywalker hurt and I'm going to make him pay. I'm going to make him hurt like I pay. And then the goal is, I'm going to make a family.
1: Yeah. I don't want to be lonely anymore.
0: But then she became a computer. She became a volcano and a ghost. But how? And why? And what was the goal the entire time? She takes the Galactic Alliance because she wants to be loved. She takes the Empire because she wants to be loved. And then she takes Ben and Vistara to go start a new magical, mystical monster family. And I just... I, I... I... I don't get her no. by the end of nine books. I don't understand this character or really her motivations. The motivations were given are this mystical story about ancient force beings where there was a family and she was a servant. She wanted to be part of the family. She ended up corrupting everything and causing chaos and destruction. Okay. But who is she? What What is she? What's a celestial? Yeah, we never got to know that. We don't know a celestial becomes the one or the, a one becomes a celestial, whichever way that went, that Ouroboros bit its own tail. But like, what did we actually learn about this villain? And especially in this book, what did we get from her? She tortured Lydia Pogorski and took over her body. She intimidated Windorven a bunch. And then she's just standing on the temple balcony, making volcanoes happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And she doesn't speak about her plans. She doesn't speak about, like, uh, you know, like a true villain. She doesn't monologue about what she's doing and why. Or what she wants or what the purpose it is to all this destruction and chaos. Even if she just says, the purpose is chaos. Let chaos reign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mt. Whatever. But, like, I felt like there was a lot more about this character I wanted to know. And we didn't get it.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of we got we got some background onto where she came from when she was with the one. She was like a a sl- uh, not a slave, although a s- a I guess servant, a servant. A servant, yeah. And so we got some background where we could infer our own motivations. But where was the
0: original mother? Like, there's so much to that story yeah. untold, and they're all dead.
1: Yeah. Because and then Anakin. Abeloth
0: is pretty easy to kill for a nine book super ancient horror magic villain.
1: Yeah. She
0: all She's of her pretty easy to kill. You just have to go fight her as a ghost. Like we there's personal injuries and losses, not not deaths, but like, you know, they all lose pieces of themselves in some metaphorical way or another in the defeat of her. Yeah. Like you know, Vistara loses a bit of control, uh, and Ben loses Vistara, and Luke loses a pit of himself that spills on the Lake of Apparitions. Same thing with Darth Crate. And then Saba, I don't know. <laughs> she seemed fine. She, she did a good job. <laughs> she, oh, well, no, she did let off like, stab her in the chest or whatever, right? So that she let her tentacle her up. No, she chopped all her tentacles off. Whatever.
1: Yeah, she got tentacled. Point chop, being, chop. It seemed pretty head.
0: easy to defeat her. Each thing was just confront her and physically best her yeah there was no trick there was no no there was there was no magic carpet being pulled out underneath you there was she doesn't even talk she doesn't talk when she's attacking luke and darth crate beyond shadows that's the time for your villain monologue. Hey, Luke Skywalker, who I said I want, to, I want to have suffer multiple times I've said this, I say nothing. We're ghosts. Maybe we can't speak. But we're ghosts, so I think we can speak. We can do whatever we want, I think.
1: Yeah. Even just, I have your son right now. Anything. Any.
0: Any sort of antagonistic way to throw him off balance. There's no conversation in that battle. Ben and Vistara, just a little bit of trying to pit them against each other or or, or have them uh, yeah. tear them apart from sticking Go together. to
1: the fauna power. Use it.
0: A little bit of temptation, yep. but nothing. She must know some secrets that she could absolutely try to use against Vistara or Ben. Yeah. Good. Still running. Still recording. Um, She doesn't talk to Saba. That's just done and over. That's so easy. She comes out of the computer and maybe that's her weakest form. She comes out of the computer and materializes physically, and Saba's like, tentacles gone, head gone.
1: Yeah, the only the only thing that they have that makes it so she's able to be defeated is that all of her forms are defeated almost simultaneously. Right, and And that's that's the trick. That yeah. is
0: the trick and we set that up early earlier with the Boba Fett thing and
1: the uh, you know she yeah. blows up when when And they kind of stumbled her. into that knowledge rather than rather than discovering it and using it as a
0: weapon. Yep. Yeah. It's an accidental overcoming of the super bad guy. Yeah. And like we do we kill her 3 times. And there's no there's no nothing from her. No words. No screaming about love me. No nothing about I'm, I'm mother, come home. Yeah. Like nothing that she's been saying all along. No- How dare you? I'm the queen of the stars. She, she gets absolutely no characterization in the end of this book in her death. None. Mm-hmm. None. She's just dead three times and then we did it, bud. Yeah. She'll be back eventually. That's over. Seemingly. Yeah. We <laughs> I don't have to know go find this magic knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To make sure next time we can kill her for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: that's. It's not. Something something's gone awry ac- across the course of this series, for us to get to the end and not have learned more about her, and for her to not be saying anything. Yeah. Not or not nearly enough.
1: There wasn't for for me the the whole series, and I know we're supposed to be talking about the book, but mm-hmm. we <laughs> she doesn't get enough. Build up throughout the series in order to have her any sort of real personality, which at the is end. really
0: okay for the first two thirds horror yeah. movie. Yeah, seer who's once. the bad guy? Oh my god, scary! You see her do scary thing. See her do, see, do a scary thing. You don't get inside Jason Voorhees' head, mm-hmm. which I guess is his mother in the first one. But mm-hmm. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, you don't get the you don't get in the killer's perspective because that makes them more human, makes them more relatable, makes them less scary, makes you sympathize. If you want a real horror villain, you don't want to sympathize, empathize with them at all. Now, we use the last third of the story to do that. Yep. Because then that makes the villain uh, and their death more impactful, more meaningful, more useful to the story moving forward, more useful to changing the characters. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what she wanted. She said she wanted to make Luke suffer. Then we figure out she wants a family. I don't think any of the writers knew what she wanted until now like it's that's what it feels like coming to this point
1: because yeah. this is
0: all just in this book all this family stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: not other than calling herself mother and come home not really alluded to at all along the way
1: yeah it seems like she's been a just a story pusher for the next series rather than her own standalone like like we need,
0: we need the jedi to go rogue So we need to destroy Coruscant somehow. Mm -hmm. And we need something larger than imagination to do it with. But then we just defeat her so easily after... Let's compare to the first time Luke defeats her. He kills her body. He's almost dead himself. And she walks right back
1: in the room. Yeah,
0: that's scary. That's awesome. Yeah. And this is not... (laughs) She dies in a pretty lackluster way. Although each one of them is like, is interesting and very ghost fight, tense and um, hostage negotiation. Yeah. Lizard bites your head off.
1: Yeah. Very (laughs) violent, very like um, narratively uh, descriptive. Yeah. Like her deaths were fun. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, yeah. those
0: scenes were good. Yes. But the overall payoff of it was like, why did she not say anything?
1: Yeah. She was a setup for, for Darth Great, for, for Alana, for, for driving
0: Ben of a star apart, yeah, for driving the Sith back into the galaxy.
1: Yeah, a lot of things,
0: but make her better then. Yeah, if she's gonna do so much, make her matter so much, mm-hmm. and then it's like she's gone. She'll mm-hmm. be back. What was your favorite moment <laughs> of Abeloth, in Fate of the Jedi Book Nine Apocalypse? Um, I'm gonna say. Yeah, this. go ahead. I'm gonna say uh, her fighting with Boba Fett and Tahiri. That okay. was that was a pretty nasty little fight, like a quick action scene. She gets a, uh, <laughs> she <laughs> excuse me, gets a grenade shoved in her body, dude, mm-hmm. by Boba Fett. Just didn't see that coming. Yeah, that he, he
1: had a couple little scenes too. And
0: then like volcano times, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As, She's a force volcano. Yeah, and and that's that's what I like, even though that the payoff wasn't great. Her just absolute show of power with the yeah. destruction, of course, on billions of people. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. She's I like awesome. that. She's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our fourth character. A less disappointing <laughs> characterization. <laughs> Vistara Kai. Perpetually running Sith Lord Lady. We begin, and she is Luke's apprentice. She is a Jedi. She's Ben's girlfriend, and oh boy. You know how she was originally sent, tasked with infiltrating the Skywalkers? hmm well, well done, milady. <laughs> Vistara is maximum hardcore now. She uh, She's willing to win at any cost, because she's already ruined everything. In the end of the last book, she killed Nalani Din, right? Is that who she killed?
1: No, no um, uh, Natua Wan. Natua Wan. See, I keep doing that. Yeah, Nalani's from the last series. Frick Jason killed her. Frick nuts.
0: <laughs> she kills the name that you said, Natua Wan. So she's already all in And so we start this book. She's a Jedi apprentice. We've got to go infiltrate some of the political offices because we know that they're Sith. And she, Maximum Hardcore, lets herself and Ben get captured by High Lord Warkin, a.k.a. Cameron Soldar. She lets them get captured. By a high lord of the Sith. Why? So she can kill him. <laughs> She's captured once. With lies. She they, head into with the lies. T- they head into the temple with Ben, where she kicks some Sith buns during the ambush, but gets captured twice. She throws a grenade at the Falcon's cockpit, not Alana, who she sees coming down the boarding ramp.
1: Yeah. Let's discuss.
0: Was that a good guy thing? Did she do? Did she actually just do a good guy thing on purpose? Because she did. Yeah. She didn't murder that child who she saw on the throne of power. And she's supposedly a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But she's more like a gray. She's more yeah. in the gray. She's willing <laughs> to do evil things for a good purpose, which as we learned from Jason Solo and the new tenant that we've adopted in the Jedi Order, it's not allowed. Yep. But she did a good thing here. Did she not? She spared Alana Solo's life and threw a
1: cockpit, or a cockpit,
0: (laughs) threw a grenade at a cockpit that she assumed was empty. Because everyone's coming down the boarding
1: ramp. Yeah, and the only person that was in any danger at that point was Normie Han.
0: Yeah, and how about the fact that that's what's used against her in the end Mm -hmm. uh, to turn Ben against her. That was actually a good guy thing. And so is this an event that Ben could later use? To convince her to redeem herself later? Mm, could right? be. In another story, like, I know what happened. Alana t- tells the story. Han and Leia tell the story, right? Mm-hmm. And he puts pieces together. Well, why didn't she just blow up you guys then? Hmm. You know, like, this could be a catalyst moment where... She becomes a Mara Jade Skywalker yeah. after years and years of, uh, of crossing paths and, and butting heads.
1: Yeah. Cause all she, she throws, which would be awesome. She's perfect for that. She throws the grenade at the cockpit, but then isn't part of the fight after that either. That's right. She's it's a
0: big moment to not kill Alana solo. Yeah. That's a big deal. Back to the point. Mm-hmm. Here's what happens in this book. She and Ben wind up captured. <laughs> Avaloth gets them both. They're imprisoned on ship. He is having a good day. He has recovered his two favorite students. Yeah. If you want to think about it like that. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> he doesn't like Avaloth. He doesn't like the High Lords. He didn't like Jason. He doesn't like Lumaya. He likes Ben. And he yeah. likes Vistar.
1: He likes how about the just, trainees.
0: How about this alternate universe of just the two of them zipping around the galaxy on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Just learning. Just learning stuff. Being. Teaching. Teaching Sith ship to be a good ship. <laughs> teaching Vistara to be a good Vistara. Anyways, alternate universe, that'd be pretty fun. They're captured, though. And they're heading back to the Ma, to the Font of Power, to make a family. Not like that, Tim. <laughs> Vistara had the Font of Power pull so deeply on the force that she's covered in swirly bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that make her maybe unsavable? She's the weak one the whole time. The whole scene, the whole setup is you're dying of thirst. And here is evil water yeah. that I want you to drink. And she's so ready to do it the whole time, right? She's thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. And ultimately, she's saved from Abloth by Ben, the not thirsty. He uses her magic glass Sith weapon, stabs Aboloth in the back, and then crushes, we'll get there. But how about her ending? Vistara drawing on the font... Fa- not drawing on the font of power. Drawing on the dark side of the force near this super dark side nexus. Yeah. Saved by the good guy who, all, of course, saves everybody for to be redeemable later. Mm-hmm. And then... And then what? And then what, what happens? Jaina comes bearing secrets and so Vistara has to cartwheel flip leap through the air up into ship's hole and right into the future book plans
1: yeah
0: <laughs> gone it would have been cool to have a small epilogue scene of her in ship I guess ship says uh, he t- says we're going to Corban there's more Sith you can teach them all about the Skywalkers so we can defeat them
1: yeah her showing up there something some little small little paragraph wouldn't even take much yep be great though but she gone
0: and nine books of developing this character into a future villain, a recurring villain. Yeah. And this is done well.
1: Yeah, this is we a good We
0: live one. in Vistar's head so much. From all the way back to being on cash, hugging her dad, leaving for the Sith Academy, killing her pet or threatening to, you know, all that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this series is about. She uh, A main, main focus of this series is building this new recurring villain who is awesome. She is tremendously well uh, fleshed out, like well characterized by the end of this. Yeah. And the heartbreak between her and Ben, which is they both want to love each other, but Romeo and Juliet, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and zoom, she's off to go chill with the one Sith for frozen eternity. Cause it's the end of the stories. Yep. And now I've read those other books. I've I've read crucible and I think I read X-wing mercy kill. I don't remember her name coming up again just yet.
1: I, yeah, I don't think it, it would. Those are more like military based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, X Wing. but
0: man, how about that? How about that ending? It was never, we go from her being grandmaster Luke's Jedi apprentice at the beginning of this book. To her flying away in sith t- apprentice ship to go join the one Sith with all of this wealth of information that she was originally tasked with gathering she's yep. taking it a, a job she was given by the by the the lost tribe and she's going to now give all that information or will she
1: to the one Sith? after being dubbed a lord of the Sith by ship
0: yes but how much do you share when you still love the Skywalker boy? Mm-hmm. That becomes the question. Anyways, that's Vistarakai. That's her in Apocalypse. She kind of not super present. She's in the beginning. They get captured. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the ambush. Her Most of her scenes are about her and Ben wrapping up their emotional entanglement.
1: Yeah. Where they're going to leave the series and continue from there. Exactly.
0: And so by the end of it, they break up because she
1: bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she tried really hard. It was never going to happen. She tried hard for a while and then she started doing the Jason stuff. Well, bad she had to save reasons. his life. Yep.
0: What good is being a Jedi if I can't love Ben Skywalker? And so goodbye not to a one. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite moment in this book though? From the star
1: And this one, it was her.
0: I like the cartwheel backflip up in the ship. That was a pretty sick <laughs> escape. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. That's good enough for me.
1: Yeah. And that was where I was going with being chosen by ship. Another one of my not seen, but cool characters. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, And being chosen by ship to be a leader, to be. And being chosen by Abeloth. Chosen. Yeah.
0: Yes. Chosen and chosen and chosen. Like the chosen one. I'm winking three times. Five, four, five, six. (laughs) And also, so is our next character. Mm -hmm. Number six. Number five. Cut that. (laughs) Ben Skywalker. Family man. Future redeemer. He's also chosen. He's got that magic magic Anakin Skywalker blood in them. Right. But Ben spends the first bunch of this book being sick of people doubting Vistara yep. from customs to Soldar's office, the temple water pipes, ambush and beyond. She always proves herself just enough for teenage lover boy. Yep. For now. But that's, this is Ben's story in a nutshell. He is, they, they, they break back into Coruscant just like everybody else, you know? He and Vistara go kill a high lord because she says he's got a bomb in the desk, so Ben kills him. He was a Sith, though, so it's not going to carry that much guilt anyways. Yeah, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. Kill a bad guy. <laughs> it's not going to be that big of a deal. They break into the temple, have an ambush, and Ben is an awesome ass kicker. Yeah. Like, he's absolutely deadly with a lightsaber, so fun with force powers. He's excellent in, an, in a fight scene. He's fun to read. Yeah. He's really powerful. He's really capable. But none of that is the point. The point is that he hasn't quite gained that capability, that level of mastery in his heart. Yeah. (laughs) He's a teenage boy who's had his first girlfriend. (laughs) And so he can't imagine that she's not good. Can't be possible. She always proves herself just enough.
1: Yeah. Look, she's trying. See? Yeah.
0: He disappears in Chapter 16 while alongside Valen and Gisela Horn. The teams all get split up inside the temple, and then it's decided, you guys go this way, and we're going to distract Avaloth so that you guys can go to the computer corner.
1: Because she's going to go or after whatever. the masters, not after you, you little apprentices. Exactly. You guys can handle yourselves. Go take care of it.
0: Well, it turns out not. He gets snatched up in Chapter 16 and doesn't show up again until Chapter 27. Oh, that's a big gap. I didn't realize that. Me either. When you hear me say chapter something, it's cuz. I noted it while flipping through multiple pages of not seeing a B in the margin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Four, eight, 12 chapters. Okay. He wakes up inside ship. On the platform up up at the Jedi Temple. Vistara gets thrown in there. And they hatch a plan of how they're going to outsmart Abeloth. And then Ship's like, nah, dummy. Nah. Knocks him out. <laughs> 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 Rabloff blasts him against the wall or whatever.
1: Yeah, it it stops being a good plan seconds after <laughs> it's hatched.
0: <laughs> which is which is a great show of how like teenagers are dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kids, eh? Like you think, oh, you think you're gonna do this and this, right? No, you're not. Okay? Stop it. No, you're not. Yeah, Anyways. Not gonna work. He wakes up inside ship and then zooms to the inevitable ending of evidence outweighing goodwill where they go to the maw, the font of power. She's trying to use the bad thing the whole time. He spends all of his energy convincing her not to. She gets tangled up in tentacles. He has to save her. Also, he smashes Avaloth to death along the way with a pillar. No big deal.
1: Yeah. Turns another bad <laughs> guy into goo.
0: Yeah. Truly no big deal. Cause he did it so easy peasy. Resisted the font, supported Vistara, destroyed the evil monster. Easy. Just easy. And, uh, after that, dad comes down to the planet post-death scream. Jaina says, get in here. Your dad's hurt. Stay out there, Vistara. And she tells him, hey, is she your g- girlfriend threw a grenade at my dad. And it's kind of like irrefutable. You can't, I don't know. You can't argue that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so they try to corner her outside. She's already gone and hid in the jungle. Yeah. There's... He's got a lightsaber hidden up his sleeve or something. Yeah, it's that. like
1: a... She they're trying to have a conversation to lull her in. They're like trying to capture a wild animal Yeah, is what they're trying to get her cornered so that they can
0: just imprison her Yeah, and not kill her. Mm -hmm. Ben wouldn't want to kill her, but it doesn't even come to that. It doesn't even come to a physical showdown between these two. Not even a bit. She jumps clear over everybody and it's gone. It's gone. It's done. Yep. They don't have to have that moment of absolute like no return. Yeah, leaving well, Ben... I say that having Luke and Mara in mind, but...
1: Leaving him with the future emotional that's coming. fallout that's from that. That's coming still. They're yeah.
0: still going to have to cross blades at some point. Yeah. He's still going to have to physically attack his first girlfriend at some point. But for mm-hmm. now, everything's fine. That's about it. Dad's still alive. Dad... <laughs> Dad's alive. Girlfriend's bad, but we'll check in on her later. <laughs> Jane is cool. Bad guy's dead. The kid's alive. Uncle Han's fine. The grenade didn't kill him. Let's go to the wedding. What was your favorite
1: moment of Ben Skywalker in this book? Mine for, for Ben is his... It's something that actually hasn't happened yet. Mm. It will. Mm. He's the He's promise. got all this... All this... She's good. She's good. She's good. She's good all through the book. Okay. That wasn't cool, but she helped out after. And then wait, she's a bad guy. Yeah. And now he's going to have to deal with it. That realization. The the
0: book, he puts that out there where he says to Luke, his dad, he's like, yeah. it's my fault. I trusted her and I was wrong. Yeah. It's my fault.
1: That realization is really what got me. Yeah, And Luke tries to like, no, know, I didn't diffuse that. Fine. He's like, yeah, we all, I mean, I was, I said apprentice to her. I, me too, bud. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. It yeah, happens. Yeah.
0: That's cool. The promise of, of of him having to deal with this, but you know, it's never going to happen. My favorite moment. Abloth was too easy. Like way too easy. Mhm. There's no Vistara showdown? Goo Geysers? Maybe Goo Geysers. No, I like, you know, all of the internal stuff with Ben, which is just he is the knight in shining armor boy scout kid. Right? Like he yeah. is the boy or the guy. <laughs> he is a boy. What is he? 18, 17? Just something in there. He's the one who always is going to believe the best in everybody and, and attempt to bring out the best in everybody. You know, we saw him save Tahiri at the bottom of a hole with a nuclear bomb at the end of last series. <laughs> you know, I have no doubt you're right. The, the best part about Ben is maybe the promise of how complicated his character is going to be moving forward. Yeah. With this villain hanging out there. Yeah. Let's move to our last character. Maybe the shortest segment of notes I have for any character. Number six, Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster Snooze and Wrong. Hmm. Hey Tim, what does Luke do in this book? Try to think way. Try to think about the beginning of the book. What does Luke Skywalker do in this book? Let me run you through. Yeah. Ready for this? He starts a fight at customs in chapter one. Yep. Vistar gets spotted by who turns out to be Darth Krayt. Not one of the Lost Tribe. That guy who spotted Vistar at the beginning of the book was him. Okay. It was the mysterious Sith. They say it in a very uncatchy way or something. The way that it's described in the custom scene is that he is seems different from all the other Sith. Yeah, but, but somehow but recognizes... But we don't started. have really the information yet to let that stand out, right? Yeah. So, Luke starts a fight at customs on their way back to sneaking into the planet in Chapter one Mm-hmm. He makes plans to infiltrate the, cha- the, the temple in Chapter 8. And then he heads up Team Computer Corps in Chapter 16, which turns into Team Single Shield in Chapter 24. <laughs> so, like... Most of what Luke does in this book is fight. Yeah. He starts to fight at customs. They plan to infiltrate the temple. That goes wrong. They get ambushed. They all fight in the ambush. Uh, they try to go to the computer core, and that goes wrong. They they then go have a showdown with Abeloth, and she cowbungas down a hole. Kind of an apt representation of some parts of this series. Where, like, a sudden and unseen gear shift all of a sudden. Uh, I said sudden too many times there. But like just out of nowhere, the guys just kind of jumping from place to place, action to action to action to action. Which is okay, I guess, at the end at the end of a nine book series. Like it's gotta be action. Yeah, there's a lot to resolve. There's a lot to do, but I don't know. Is that just me? It feels feels like it feels like a a mirror of the of the disjointedness of this whole series. He just kinda is like, poof, here I am, poof,
1: here I am, poof,
0: here I am. Yeah, he's the genie. Yeah. he goes super saiyan versus abeloth in the temple so we gotta have a back to tank time skip and then he goes beyond shadows at the lake of apparitions which is awesome though yeah i'll say that going beyond shadows is always awesome the lake of apparitions is always awesome so that's one new power that has resurfaced here in the ending of this book series he used that beyond shadows power remember how he like went on that journey followed in jason's footsteps and learned all those new powers like how to be like a lightning rod and tornado storm and all that jazz. Yep. Talk to speaker box boys, touch a pyramid. Here's one power. He learned the mind walking thing in the Maw originally on the journey where, and then we discover Abeloth, right? Yep. Here he is. He's using it. He's using one. He's using one, man. Uh, oh, sorry to skip this. Uh, he was also there for the 30 page council meeting, but the lake The lake is the funnest part of Luke Skywalker's journey in this book. And there's no zebra mussels carking up the vacation here, baby. (laughs) No, there's not. Inside joke for you. Yep. One final visit with the dead. And I was like, maybe I remember this wrong. He shows up at the Lake of Apparitions and he starts talking to his dead people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I remembered that he lives and maybe he's going to join these dead people. (laughs) I I thought so. Right? It's a bit of a good setup. A bit of a good. I don't know. Distraction. Uh, what's that called in, in mad in in a magician thing? Uh,
1: like a um, sleight of hand. Like um. Yes,
0: but like you want when you're distracting the audience's attention from one thing to another. Yeah. It, what is that called? There's a very specific word.
1: There is Ah, distraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pulling but, the attention from one to the other, so you can do the magic thing. Yeah.
0: So you can do the sleight of hand. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought, ooh, here he is. Maybe maybe he'll be under that water in a second. <laughs> no, he spills some of his essence out over the lake, but is ultimately victorious against Abeloth in their MMA ghost fight.
1: Yeah, him and Darth Krayt. Yeah, an ally
0: we've only just met
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the shore of the lake, but we have to. We know the Sith and Jedi have to team up to defeat Abeloth. Yeah. So this is a, our incarnation of that.
1: That was the hardest. Most like most hard-fought Abeloth fight of the three of the three, yeah, it was it because it took two like master masters yeah. to beat her,
0: yeah. And f- in physical combat, like none. I guess there was force powers and lightning and stuff, and like apparition tentacles. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very weird. Off. It was very weird, but it was still somehow like the most viscerally intense. Mm-hmm. But I did not like the ending. His ghost elbow went through her ghost head. Yeah, and then and it was lights out. Yeah, and she <laughs> I don't shrunk know. to nothing. Because I just I didn't I didn't I didn't get it. It was weird. But hey, you know what? That's fine. TKO via spinning ghost elbow is no big deal. Meeting Darth Crate, who's gonna rule the galaxy long after Luke is dead, is no big deal. And you know, he's gonna. Face off against Luke's maybe great-great-grandson? Maybe great-great-great-grandson? Cade Skywalker? Because, P.S., he's a descendant of Ben. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like 100 years later, so like four or five generations max. Wait. Cade's dad was Cole Skywalker of the Jedi High Council. His mother was an Imperial... Never mind.
1: Never mind. <laughs> a few generations Never more. mind.
0: Maybe someday... We'll go there. But this guy who just helped Luke Skywalker defeat Abeloth is going to rule the galaxy as a Sith Empire and butt heads a hundred years later with Luke's great, 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 great grandson.
1: Yeah. Weird.
0: Maybe we'll get there someday. Never mind. The point is Luke wins. He's hurt, but he survives. Are you surprised at the end of the series that Luke Skywalker lived to see the day when the F- Abeloth kicked his ass every time they yeah. came across each other? He almost had to nearly die to get away <laughs> just about every time.
1: Yeah, it was looking like this whole story, even, even without you pushing that point the whole time that, <laughs> is he going to die? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was... He's almost dead. He's tired. How many He's times did ben say, the whole time? my dad looks tired. Yeah. My dad looks beat up. I thought... Yeah, they were really selling it. And where they, where he had that final showdown with Abaloth, with the dead people. Yeah. He, we were talking about good place That would have actually not been too bad for Luke to have died there and faded into, into the... Into the lake and like yeah.
0: Mara and Jason just not drag him down, but like cradle like, yeah. his body under the... That wouldn't have been too bad. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been a really cool ending, except for the fact that he would have died at the hands of an empty villain.
1: Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: why you can't. Yep. She wasn't, she wasn't uh, M-word. Not manifested. I don't know. She She didn't exist enough mm-hmm. to kill Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. So he's rushed. And the Jedi leave Coruscant. Are you surprised about that part? No. No, not really, right? No. They should never have been there.
1: Now they set that up already earlier. They, they
0: kind of shut, set that up in the NJO. Yeah. Let's see what happens there. Why does Coruscant get attacked? Every time. A, because it's the center of the galaxy where the government is. Mm-hmm. Probably spread that out. B, it's where the Jedi live. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let's take one of those targets off the planet. Right.
1: Yeah, because where, do you, where so, do you go to take things over? You kill the strong people, which are on... The planet there, of course,
0: and so the Jedi become nomad, and they're off to train at Ossis or she or Shidumad or, or whoever, or wherever. wherever. <laughs> what was your favorite moment of Luke Skywalker?
1: Um, uh, it's the him consoling Ben at the end, saying. We all make mistakes kind of deal. Yeah. I like that. It's The emotional things are what get me every time. Of
0: course. It's the best part. (laughs) That's why the characters work. Because Mm -hmm. they make us feel things. Like, Abeloth made me feel a lot of things. Up until this book. Where I was like, okay, she's doing all her scary stuff. But then she never says anything that makes me care. Anyways. Yeah. Luke Skywalker says things that make you care. Sometimes you get pissed off because mm-hmm. he's like, I've got a plan next chapter. And, <laughs> <God, laughs> but man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him connecting with Ben is one of the best things of this whole series. And what the whole part of the series is predicated on, go back to the first book, the guy gets exiled and Ben's like, I'm coming with you. Yeah. The whole thing has been about father, son bonding out over all the, not over all the loss, but bonding. Oh, uh, because a of scab over top of all that. Yes. Yeah. Right. Healing together. And for the first time, because they have never really had a close relationship. No, all the way back. And so for that to be a really impactful moment for you at the end of the book mm-hmm. is a hell of a testament to well written Ben and Luke bonding throughout the whole series. Good work, guys. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> my favorite moment. It's got to be that. It's got to be meeting Darth Crate on the lake. Just because I, I don't know, maybe because I was like, oh my god, I know who this is. Yeah, your realization. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what? Yellow eye spiky armor get this book out let me see <laughs> sure enough it's Asherad hat. but like the ghost fight was cool sleeping's pretty cool he's always doing that but like I, you I said I appreciate it it's the emotional conversations and like him talking to Mara and Jason again mm-hmm. was just it's great and heartbreaking every time he was such an asshole to Jason Solo also hey you ruined the galaxy hey this is all your fault which is not wrong, but no, <laughs> not nice. This is why you two had an antagonistic relationship <laughs> the entire time.
1: Because you only pointed out what he was doing wrong and never said good job when yeah. he did something right. That's
0: right. Too much criticism, Uncle Luke. But no, I liked him I, at the lake. The lake was yeah. one—the lake of apparitions and the shimmering mists of forgetfulness, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we never went into.
1: No, would have been fun. Where Avaloth came out of.
0: But anyways. That was one of the most interesting settings and locations in the entire series. Yeah. There were a lot. You know, this book stayed largely on Coruscant. We'll talk about this next week. But over mm-hmm. the whole series, we went a lot of cool places. Yep. With cool, weird things everywhere. <laughs> but in this book, yeah, the Lake of Apparitions. Talking to your wife one more time. And the and the knowledge that, hey, Abeloth's not here anymore. Can kind of go back to the Lake of Apparitions... Lower risk anytime you want now. Yeah. Right? That might open up a a bit of a door there with that guard dog having been dissipated.
1: And he's got the promise now of... Because even Myra said, I don't want you here yet. He's got the promise that he is going to be with her again, which is also nice. That
0: he still has a role to play. Mm -hmm.
1: So he survives. Yep.
0: And that is Fate of the Jedi book nine apocalypse complete we saved everyone from as much awful as we could but it's all coming back to haunt us in an alternate dimension future where these books get written <laughs> right everything's still out there the Sith are out there there's even more of them than we thought the Jedi are scattered and helpless Coruscant's on fire The Star is a bad guy is somewhere Boba Fett can go home there's a lot going on still yep And it's all going to come back and get us some time.
1: Like I said, maybe I should
0: write it. (laughs) Maybe we write these books, huh?
1: What happens? Because when we're done all these podcasts, they're like, you know what? We should continue those stories. Yeah,
0: 20 years later. You know what we should do? Write them now. (laughs) There'd be no bigger experts. (laughs) No. No. I'd guarantee you anybody who's read all the books has not spent this many hundreds of hours talking about them. No. No. Nope. With anyone. No. Anyways, we saved everyone as much as we could. And everyone's still alive. Shout out to Basil Worf. <laughs> Shout out to Natua Wan. Shout out to acting Grandmaster Kenth Hamner, who died as the
1: Grandmaster
0: in the Jedi Temple.
1: At the hands of another master.
0: Who later bit a magic lady's head off. <laughs>
1: Anyways,
0: a lot, a lot happened. Avaloth is gone, the Sith loom, Coruscant burns, and the Jedi strike a new path through the galaxy, away from the galactic center. Rate it, Tim.
1: How many fates do you give this book? This is up there. This is up there. Uh, all the things. Out of nine fates, how many fates? <laughs> give
0: it an eight. Eight fates. That's good. Yeah. I, I gotta. I gotta go nine out of nine fates. As much as there were disappointing things in the ending, Mm -hmm. kind of symptomatic of the problem all along just being disconnected. Yeah. And so not really this book's fault. No. But, dude, we killed the bad guy three times simultaneously. That's cool. (laughs) In all very cool ways, too. Yeah. Jaina Solo gets married and the whole Skywalker family has a happy ending. The bad, the, the really cool bad guy, bad girl who we've been teamed up with this whole time escapes for future fun.
1: Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I liked it.
0: Pretty awesome book. We've got the killick still. We got to go get, um, Oh my God. Rain, our back blanked on his name for a Mm -hmm. second. There's a lot out there and this book does a great job of ending this story in like a fantastic, exciting way. And leaving so much more, as every Star Wars series is supposed to do. Yeah, we killed the villain three times. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will, I will give my final complaint mm-hmm. about this specific book. That the time jump in between Act Two and Three, yeah, and the final third that absolutely killed me. Yeah, killed me. But what a crazy threat to thrust upon the galaxy and. What a chaotic state to leave things in. Happy ending, yes. But did Abeloth serve her cosmic purpose? How does it all tie together? Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, the series, books one through nine as a whole. To wrap up three years and another 18-month journey. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I miss Jason. Yeah. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.